What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Sweat and Grime. I'm Brian. You got Rick and you got Matt here in the studio. How are you this evening? We also have Kate Reeling on the phone. And uh, yeah, say yeah. Go ahead and say hello, and I'll stop over talking you. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> hey, glad to have you, Kate. Yeah, I was going to give you a little show. more formal of an introduction, but I'm good with this. We'll roll with that. <laughs> Let's do it. This is fun. Yeah. So um, tell us a bit about yourself, because we really, outside of your social media presence and, and kind of what you've got on Instagram, we don't know a whole heck of a lot about you. So can you give us kind of a little bit of backstory on how you got into the industry and what you do? Absolutely. So my name is Kate Reeling. I'm a project manager for a civil site work contractor in the Atlanta area, Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, got into construction kind of by chance. Um, It is kind of in my bloodline, I guess. I have a grandfather and a couple uncles that were in construction that I really didn't have any um, experience with or really get to know them as a kid. Um, but I guess it's maybe just in my bones. And when I was in school, I thought maybe I wanted to be an architect because I thought that that sounded pretty cool. And then I realized that was very, um, artistic and not what I thought it was. Yeah. (laughs) And I started thinking about civil engineering and construction. And one of my neighbors growing up was in the construction program at Virginia Tech and our parents conspired for us to have a chat about it and so it was like I a, a blind construction date i was gonna say like a, <laughs> kind of, yeah, a pre-arranged like a marriage blind, <laughs> That's right. yeah he moves dirt but you're like, fucking marrying him <laughs> right. so i kind of learned what it was and um that at that time construction was absolutely booming that was like 2003 2004 and i decided to try it out and i absolutely loved it um I did a construction management degree, but one of the benefits was they had a very strong internship program and just companies falling over themselves to get interns for the summer. So I did a summer internship every year and kind of bounced around. I did commercial construction the first year and then got into industrial. I worked at an oil refinery in Chicago, which was super cool. And then, um, worked on some coal-fired power plant estimating, and then I worked my last summer for Kiewit in Florida doing um, some widening of I-95, and then went on full-time with them after graduation. That is quite the resume. Yeah. So that's just getting started full time. We got more after oh, that. Oh Jesus! Oh, All right, <laughs> lay it on us. Uh, yeah, absolutely. you guys saw you had a resume. Yeah, I'm feeling. <laughs> I got to tuck tail a little bit. <laughs> I hang mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I worked for Kiwit for six years. I decided that lifestyle was not for me and went. Um, to a smaller contractor in the Atlanta area. At the time, I had met my now husband, um, who also works in construction. He builds bridges for a competitor. And um, yeah, that's fun. And uh, now I work for a a mid-sized contractor. I guess we have about 180 employees. That's Um, a good size, size, yeah. Yeah. Three operators in a restaurant office. I was going to say, when you when you're starting with Kiwit, everything else is kind of a bitch company. So I was thinking like mid size was like twelve, thirteen employees these days around here. 
I don't know, like a couple hundred employees. It's That's it. Pretty, pretty small. <laughs> <laughs> Just a number. So what kind of projects do you guys do? So my company as a whole does roadway projects. Um, they're really into roundabouts right now around here. So we've been doing Gotta a bunch of love roundabouts. them. Fucking hate yeah. roundabouts. I love yeah, them. I, they're I hate great. Them. I think they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. Look, you're from fucking Texas, let, dude. Let me rephrase. Jesus, everyone's jumping down my throat here. Yeah. If people <laughs> knew how to drive... Roundabouts would be great. Oh, glorious. No. But when you got no. four idiots pulling in at the same time and everyone wants to stop like a stop sign. I want to go left. Brian, it's going great. No, I'm coming traffic. If you come into a fucking roundabout, like hell on wheels, everybody stops. You could get all the way around that motherfucker. If not, go around a couple times and exonate out the other door. It's great. They yeah, I, panic. That's the way to do it. Well, yeah, yeah that's that's true. You just got to commit and go. But like, just, just close just, your just eyes and go. Just when we're dragging the skids here there and the fear looking in their fucking eyes as we're coming. Well, see, tilt. that's the other problem. I love it. You're coming into it with a fucking F, what, 250, 350? Yeah, you I can't at 350. I can't even stop it when they fucking pull and out. And I have a little Ford Focus. Yeah. No one gets out of the way when a little Ford Focus comes barreling that's into a roundabout. That's why we do the <laughs> Ricky Bobby thing where we slingshot engage you through the fucking roundabout. All right, back to Kate. I'm sorry, Kate. I'm sorry. We invited you on so you could stay silent and listen to Rick and I bitch at each other. Y'all are fine. So we do roundabout road Whoa. That was a southern um, term there. Y'all? Have you spent time in Texas? No, but Georgia's pretty Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah right. okay. All right. Same. Okay. Do you guys have pop yeah. or soda down there? Do we have what? Oh, soda or so, Coke. Coke. That, yeah. That's Coke. That, in Texas. It's all Coke. Yeah. Coke. Yeah. Well, we're the home of Coke here in Atlanta. Oh, so. yeah. I've been to their mm. uh, cartels their, are swarming their facility. Yeah. The museum <laughs> of Coke. Yeah. The facility of Coke. Yeah. <laughs> Escobar's uh, basement. <laughs> well, I tell you, in Texas, we're the home of Dr. Pepper. You can shorten it and say DP, but that gets a little uncomfortable. <laughs> Dick pic? All right, so back to roundabouts. So anyway, so you sorry, guys do roundabouts, roundabouts. A lot of roundabouts. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Um, so we also do road widening, things like that. Um, and then we have a civil division, which is actually where I mostly um, work, which is uh, commercial residential apartment complex kind of site work um grading site work underground utilities so gotcha cool that's and the fun stuff with that's the pretty impressive equipment. and you are a project manager i am so i basically keep try to keep the balls in the air so everyone can keep moving and um how many times like uh, a week do those balls drop and you don't get anything <laughs> going <laughs> Several times a day, yeah. I would say. <laughs> it's all with the juggling it. <laughs> I'm sorry, we're children, Kate. You got to forgive us. Oh, yeah. so my balls didn't drop because I'm a, I'm a girl. No, so. no, that's true. <laughs> we're still waiting on the balls to drop. <laughs> yeah, but you got to be able to wear them when you walk onto a job absolutely, site. Absolutely. Now, Kate, on, on your job site, what's a daily life in your shoes? Um, from morning, lunch to afternoon. What's a daily life it in Kate? Very much depends on the day. Um, describing today, I basically got to the office. We did a whole revamp of our computer. So I <sighs> fucked around trying to get my email to work and just gave up. No, and that's then the best. went to a job site. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do have one job site that's very far away. Um, it's about an hour and a half away. I say very far away, but I spent most of my day out there. I drove out there. I stayed out there. We talked about a bunch of stuff, and then I came back. So that was 
my day. I usually try and hit my job sites once a week. I have five right now. Um, sometimes it's as much as 10. Oof. How and does your head stay yeah. on your shoulders? Mine would be spinning. Because she's it's, a female and yeah, she true. can multitask? Yeah. <laughs> yes. They're way more fucking organized than we yeah, are, dude. Guys are like, uh, three's my limit. <laughs> yeah. I was going to so say one, I, but. I basically try, I make a lot of lists. I try to keep a to-do list going and take notes as I go. I have little pieces of paper everywhere, and I usually try and put them in to one big piece of paper <laughs> yes. at some point. But yeah, I mean, it's just always a juggling act and I have like a plan for the day and it just gets blown up by like 8.30. Yeah, right? at the end of the day, you're like, why do I make or... a plan? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because that's exactly. construction. Yeah. yeah. Now, what kind of coordinating <laughs> are you doing with the trades, material? Yeah, so it kind of depends on which superintendent I'm working with. We are, um, unlike Kiwit, very um, job-specific, superintendent-specific, and even project manager-specific. Mm -hmm. So um, I have some superintendents that I have to get the materials for them. Some of them are capable. Some of them are capable, but I still do it for them because I do. Um, but I sometimes I'm scheduling subcontractors or at least getting them signed up to for like work orders. Mm -hmm. I do schedules, um, invoices is a big part of my day. Invoicing our owners and developers or processing subcontractor invoices. All um, right. Building schedules for month end stuff that our certain developers want. Now, you know, when you build the schedules, are you doing them yourself? Mm -hmm. or are you having a collaborated, you know, meeting, meeting with oh, everybody? Yeah, yeah. All right. So it's not, Absolutely. it's not a I fake schedule. schedule. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. I build it with my super. Get everybody on board. Um, yes. Yeah. There's no reason to build it otherwise. No, um, but I've so seen it done before and I just, oh. that's a waste of time if <laughs> yes. you do it that way. Yes. That's, and you have to have buy-in, right? I mean, there's no reason for me to come up with a plan that nobody else cares about. Correct. And I know that I'm not the expert, you know, I, I learn a lot from listening to how my superintendents are interested in building the job or why we can do it in this certain order. And I learn a lot from that from them. And sometimes I make suggestions that they're like, oh, yeah, that's great. But most of the time they tell me I'm stupid. And <laughs> but <laughs> in a nice totally way. Fine. You crazy um, Dutch bastard. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, what's it like dealing with some of these superintendents? Obviously, some of them have some years of experience on you and some are coming out new what are some of the related conflicts that you deal with these days you got to whip them to get the job done or is it a pretty friendly exchange i've learned that it doesn't really help to be just a jackass about everything Correct. um and to come out there like i know everything because i don't and to assume that or to put off that vibe to them is just not gonna work yeah <laughs> Um, so I really, I'm pretty humble when we, especially when we start a job or if I'm working with a new superintendent, you know, I, I attack it in a way that, you know, we're here to build it together. Let's make a plan that works for both of us. I might know some contract stuff, you know, we have to get this certain part done by this date yep. or whatever. Um, but they know, Hey, we got to put the sewer in before the storm cause it runs under or, you know, whatever that may be. So yes. Coming at it from a humble place now, I've really, I work with a lot of the same superintendents over and over, so I kind of know their MO, and so there are some that I have to be a little bit 
more of a pain in their ass about because they don't maybe do their daily reports <laughs> or they're not approving timesheets in a timely manner. And I just have to be an, an asshole about it. And others, it's well, you got a job a, to do. Right. And, you know, there's some that require a little bit more help. There are some mm -hmm. that are just good to go. And it just it's it's definitely all about personalities. And if I've learned anything about construction, it's that it's all about working with people and dealing with people like you can swing a hammer only so many ways, but you can talk to a certain person and get a different reaction the way you talk to them. Most oh definitely. yeah. 100%. Most definitely. So let me ask you this. When you started your career in the dirt industry, did you spend any time in the field actually operating or laboring, or did you kind of funnel straight into the kind of superintendent project manager side? So I, I love to hop on equipment if I can, but I am very um, self-conscious about my lack of skill. And, but I'll jump in a ditch with a shovel any day. I can operate a shovel. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I never um, spent time just straight up operating. Um, I've been taught, I've, you know, loaded equipment or moved stuff around here and there, but I am of no use on my job sites doing that right now. Um, and when I started, I was more doing bean counting kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. like yep. Counting loads or um, truck tickets or rock tickets, stuff like that, that really kind of got me in understanding what it took. But a lot of it was just, you know, data entry and just very basic. The behind the stuff. scenes of how the world operates. Exactly. And um, the way when I started at Kiwit, they call you a field engineer and you're basically a gopher for a superintendent. <laughs> and uh, I did yes. a lot of that. You know, I was smart enough to know when he asked for like the beam stretcher that that's not a real thing. Um, <laughs> but they tried. <laughs> um, and I got a lot of experience that way. And sometimes it was just riding in the truck with the superintendent mm -hmm. and just you know, listening to him talk on the phone and learning the struggles that he would go through on a daily basis and trying to mitigate those ahead of time. Yeah. And that was where I learned the most. Um, I then stepped into like an office engineer role, which is what Kiwit called it, but that was basically submittals and RFIs and pay applications. And it was terrible. I hated it because it was just office. Yeah. And, I would just look out the window of the job trailer and salivate over the equipment right? Yeah. the yeah. stuff outside and I couldn't go out there. <laughs> so, so go ahead with okay. what you were going to say. I, was, um, I finally got the opportunity to manage a project and mostly because the project manager had to move on to his next job as is common with Kiwit. They just kind of throw you in the fire. And when I did that job, it was actually a change order to the current project that doubled the contract value and we made like a 50% profit. And I was wow. like, Dang. hell yeah, yeah, this is it. <laughs> That's awesome. Coming out with the pay raise. <laughs> right. Now, how did the office job relate to what you did in the field to today? Um, so many people overlook how they get where they're at, but looking back and reflecting, do you see how they all link up together? Absolutely. I mean, without knowing you know, a lot of these jobs we have import or we have a certain quantity that we're supposed to move, let's say of topsoil. And if we start moving more than that, you have to know before it gets away from you. Right. Yeah. 
or you have to know you have 5,000 yards of import and you've brought in, you know, 4,500, well, maybe it's time to slow down. Mm -hmm. Um, So knowing to keep track of that stuff and to have it kind of in the queue ready for maybe a change order or an extra work request or time and material stuff is a huge part of my job. And those things helped knowing how we get paid for our work or how we pay our subs is a a pretty big part of it. So a question I've got for you, um, you're a project manager and you, you actually took the school route. You actually went and got a college degree in construction management, correct? I did. Yes. So one of the things we harp on all the time on this podcast, and I, and I do want to specify and clarify we harp on you don't need a college education you can be extremely successful by going straight into the trades but at the same time i also don't want to go the opposite direction and say college is terrible it's evil and you should never go it absolutely has its place and so my question for you is uh what was involved in getting your degree was that a two-year four-year degree and then what was the process coming out of college how quickly were you able to get into your position kind of get up there and pay like what was that process for you on the school side Absolutely. So I got, I think that for me, I wouldn't have found this industry if it weren't for college. Really? And yeah. Didn't see it going down the road. Yeah. Right. (laughs) It wasn't an option that was shown to me, right? Like they didn't say in high school, hey, you should think about construction management or construction. I mean, that's taboo to say, I feel like. And it was never shown as an option so now is this do you feel this way just because you were a woman or because in general they just don't say hey you should go into construction just because it's tab you know yeah i think it's more in general and a lot of the people that get into construction i feel like have some sort of family connection to it um and i did not and that was actually very apparent to me my first year in college is every one of the guys in my in my degree were kids of construction company owners or whatever. And I was not. Yes. (laughs) I came from the banking um, industry in the construction. I'm totally right there with you. I was totally lost. Yeah. And it it was, um, it was, I was way behind, right? They knew the family business. Well, I thought, yes. Um, And it was a four-year degree at a state university, and it was very engineering-focused, I would say. Um, But the biggest um, thing, I guess I would say, the two things that I got from it, and we did a couple of classes that were incredibly helpful that were our capstone labs and our integrated lab is what they called it. And we did these projects from start to finish, basically, and had to collaborate with other years of construction students. So the sophomores worked for the juniors and the juniors worked for the seniors. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like a hierarchy of like a GC and a subcontractor. And I learned a ton from that. That's a really interesting way to do it. That is give you some experience without having the fallout of actually being in control of a real job. Yeah. And yeah, and it was based off of a a real set of plans from a contractor in the area. And at the end of the semester, they came in and basically told us how they ended up building it and the costs and the schedule, which were the things that we worked on all semester. So it was a very useful tool 
Um, and then I would say the second thing is it was just very much teamwork and go find the answer. So or I just want to back up say? and clarify. You actually got real a real world, like legit education from college. <laughs> that was not my experience yes. with my business degree. <laughs> I would say yes and no. I would say because I still had to take like accounting and microeconomics and macroeconomics sure. and some of that shit that I've D who cares yeah. physics and yeah. you'll never use in your life physics. yes um so that's what stopped yes me from no. getting my degree <laughs> chemistry is basically the reason I decided not to do engineering right. so I feel you there yeah um, so those were really great experiences the the other thing is they had the strong internship program. So mm -hmm. I was able to basically see if it was something that I liked after my first year of college and then have an experience to tie my classes to going forward. And it just made my classes make more sense yeah. and relatable. So those are the things that it helped me with. But I would say that you would not need the degree that I got to do my job. So that's a great line to go down uh, yes. because I know there are two-year construction management degrees, and then mm -hmm. I know there are guys who have worked their way through the ranks becoming you know, a, a foreman, superintendent, and then eventually rising to project manager. So yeah. could you kind of talk a little bit more about that for guys who college is not for them? Kind of what, how would you go about that? And, and women. And women, yes. Matt motherfucking <laughs> non-sexist Totten always catches me. I'm glad you do. I'm glad you do. But <laughs> Gotta keep him in his place. That's right. His balls drop. Yeah. <laughs> My balls we drop. We can ignore half the population, y'all. There's plenty of us well out without here. them there would be no us i know but yeah this industry is trying its hardest to keep you out well, it goes both ways without us it's there's no that. Oh. industry dude. it is it's funny. so bad and we'll get into that that's we will absolutely get into that but um but yeah for the moment could you kind of explain to people out there who uh they are they're confident that college is not their route what is what is a realistic expectation from getting into the industry to where you could realistically become a superintendent or project manager so I think that it definitely depends on the company, right? Sure. Because if you're talking like a Kiwit, they they have more barriers to entry just because of their structure. Yep. Yeah. But smaller contractors aren't as caught up on education, Academia and everything. And, which I think is perfect. That's how it should be because mm -hmm. the majority of my job is dealing with people, um, setting them up for success, giving them the tools that they need and putting out fires yeah and i think anybody can do that now Absolutely. some of the more technical like spreadsheets or pay apps like that stuff is learned and it's not the same everywhere now some places may have a process that you follow but at my current company they basically said do it however you want it just <laughs> do it by this day oh god wow. and i love it <laughs> yeah <laughs> That is and nice I've until made... you get 17 different spreadsheets yeah. sent to you. You're like, what are you guys doing? You know, what? Right. you right. son of a bitch. <laughs> now, what kind of software programs are you guys using right now? We use Microsoft. Very fancy. Um, <laughs> we do use Microsoft Project for scheduling. All right which is kind of a new thing. When I first started, we were using Excel, and we had one computer in the office. Oh, nice. I, I was the old gone. school one that did not want to change. I just did my Excel things and just 
all red, all you know, yeah. all red. <laughs> yeah. It was so simple, and everyone would be like, "This is retarded." And all of a sudden, we went to Microsoft Project and you know Primavera and all that stuff. It was like, yeah, what? I don't want this. This is too. It's very <laughs> then I had to relearn the world. Yeah, yeah. Physics ain't um, kicking in. So I, I went back to my Excel spreadsheet after we had a long talk about how my and hire an intern yeah. to put it into to yeah. Microsoft Project. You didn't have to teach anybody. They understood red boxes meant that's when we got to be doing this. Yeah. They don't understand lines and right yeah there. the critical path. Yep. <laughs> so I just made my two week look heads with that. <laughs> So what other I like to do two week look aheads on paper. So I'm like, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So uh, what other pieces of software are you typically using at the project manager level? We have an estimating system that I don't like to use or try not to use because I don't like to estimate. Mm -hmm. And that's about it. I guess we have our accounting software. We use foundation, which is fine. Mm -hmm. um, but Really not a whole lot. Now, when I go back to my Keywit world, we had all sorts of stuff. And that's not always better, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> Make it simple. Not simple. Yeah, simple is the way to go. Yep. So do you think, to kind of flip the the original question of, of going the non-college route, to kind of flip that on its head, do you think it's been detrimental for you going the college route and not having the field experience necessarily? Have you noticed areas where that's really kind of been an issue? I, absolutely. Yeah. I think that there are certain things that I cannot relate to, right? I haven't now, I've worked some hot days in the sun with a shovel, but not day in, day out. I haven't, you know, caught you're my like, You go to the job site, you're like, it's hot out here, guys. Keep up the good work. Yeah, yeah. Back in your truck, <laughs> back to the office. Here's the Gatorade. I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So I would say, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a, a lack of, like, overall understanding of the day in, day out struggles and eating dirt and all that kind of stuff not yeah. on purpose but you know just like yeah, just just lack of being in the field <laughs> sure now what yeah. do you what do you see your biggest challenges facing out there not having that knowledge and walking up to the gentlemen that are out there in the trenches and doing the job sites what do you see as your biggest challenge from not having that education necessarily just the understanding of what it takes sometimes to get something done, or I might have an idea in my head about how it's going to go. And that's just not the way it works. If that makes sense. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it makes it, perfect sense. Kind of like how an engineer draws something on a piece of paper and they tell you, well, it works on paper and you say, well, that's cool, but this isn't paper. This is dirt. Mm -hmm. I was right. just about to say, so you're like an engineer. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, it's going to fit. And you get there and there's water main, sewer main, electric. And you're like, no, that box ain't going in, sir. Yep. It'll fit on paper. We can't do reducing in a freaking storm drain. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, are you guys running GPS? Well, you can, but yeah. Are you guys running GPS and stuff down there on your sites, I'm sure? We are, yes. Are you pretty involved on that side of it, too, or no? I try not to be. Um, because the more people that you get involved in it, the more it can go wrong. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, I have a basic knowledge of it. I did spend one of my summers at Kiwit, I spent on a survey crew, which was actually really great because I kind of got to know the whole job and carry heavy boxes around because I was 
the third man on a <laughs> survey crew that didn't need three people. Yeah. And I basically carried equipment around. So I have a basic understanding. I have a pretty basic understanding of CAD, but past that, not much. I can run the rover sometimes if I remember all the steps to get to the stakeout thing. Sure. But <laughs> those rovers are confusing for everyone. Unless you use them every day, it's just, it's confusing. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So I appreciate that. That makes me feel better. Yeah, absolutely. We're here to make you feel good as a guest. Now, afterwards, <laughs> we'll talk dirty about you. But <laughs> um, so let me ask you this to kind of go down the road. You started to go down there for a second uh, as a female, especially like you're in a, in a high position of authority as the project manager as a female. What are some of the challenges that you face and is that a frequent thing or has that kind of over the years tapered off and gotten better as the industry slowly comes out of the stone ages? I would say that it's tapered off over time because the industry is getting better, but also just because of my knowledge level and experience level Most yeah. and confidence level. That was the biggest thing for me is I just never had a whole lot of confidence in what I was saying because, and that's more probably my personality because I just, I don't want to come across like a know-it-all and I'm, I'm not, I definitely don't know it all. You don't sound like one of those severe authoritative personalities no. you you seem like no. you would be a pretty kind person which i probably too nice sometimes we're falling fucking behind you better hurry to yeah. fuck up can you please? guys please work faster <laughs> thank you here's your gatorade as you're sweating <laughs> i'm gonna blast some nasty email when i get back and not hear you guys that's a nasty email i love a nasty email right um but i would say you know some of the struggles as a female are probably more perceived than actual. Um, just feeling like people aren't listening to me or underestimating me. Yeah. But it kind of got fun after a while. I had on one of my first projects, I had a subcontractor that I had contacted and I was going to be in charge of them. And I had got them to come to the site and they came to me and they said, um, so who are we meeting with? And I said, me. Oh man. Said, oh, that's... we thought you were the secretary. <laughs> and I said, no, sir, I'm actually going to be the one signing your um, invoices. And he <laughs> shut up so fast. <laughs> He probably um, wanted to go back into his truck. Yes. How can we start Curling. this day yes. over? This yeah. is Fuck not this good. Shit, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> he should be like, let's fucking redo this. Yeah. <laughs> I was so, joking with you. <laughs> right. So that's, I mean, but I've also had, like, on a, as an intern, I got asked out by men that could be the, you know, the age of my dad. And that was kind of creepy, but nothing was, I never felt uncomfortable to the point where, like I was unsafe. Mm -hmm. yeah. I always felt in control and that I had somebody that I could go to if I did in fact feel unsafe. Yeah. I always felt supported wherever I worked and I don't know. I just kind of wanted to prove people wrong and whether or not they, that needed to happen, I don't know, but it was just, it's always kind of been how I've handled myself on a construction site is trying to prove myself and trying to gain the knowledge and experience so that I can just Get say, the respect. No, this is what we're doing. Yep. Yeah. 
And I'll tell you, uh, so as you are probably familiar just from us talking back and forth, I've got the YouTube channel, Diesel and Iron, where I teach and and get people into the industry. And Mm -hmm. I get females that ask me all the time, like, what's some advice? What should I expect? And as a male, I can only do so much from my side of the table and what I've seen and witnessed. Right. But it's an entirely different thing to be a female on a job site. So could you kind of give these females some advice for for someone getting into the industry what should you expect as a woman how should you conduct yourself as a female to kind of not establish necessarily authority but like you said you've got to have that confidence to kind of put guys in their place right off the get-go or else they tend Mm -hmm. to kind of take advantage of the situation kind of what's your advice for females getting into this industry so there's a couple of things first of all you're gonna stand out like that it's there's nothing you can do to not stand out and that's okay but you don't have to be flashy but if you want to be flashy be flashy you stand out anyways Mm -hmm. yeah um the other thing is people will only push the line as far as you'll let them yeah so like dirty jokes i have no problem with dirty jokes curse words there's like one word that I prefer not to hear or have people called in front of me, and it starts with a C. I was gonna but, say, um, I, I'm a I'm a grown ass man, and I am uncomfortable yeah. with someone using that word, so I don't blame yeah. you a bit. <laughs> so, but like, I I guess if you allow it to happen and don't say anything or don't bring it to the attention of somebody, then how are they supposed to know you feel uncomfortable? Yeah. Yep. Sure. And to me, saying something immediately is a thousand times better than going to some manager a week later. And stirring up some water. Yeah. Yeah. You've been stewing on it for a week and then you go complain to HR. That doesn't help your credibility. That doesn't help that person's situation because they thought they were just playing around and joking with the boys. It's It's old news. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And, And the other thing is you've got to have a tough skin is it i don't know if that's the right word but it's you've got to right let word. things yeah, roll yeah, off your back yeah you just have to let it roll off your back it's just business yep. or it's just work i mean that's one thing i love about working with all dudes is that y'all can get in a screaming match <laughs> and then 30 minutes later hey man you want to go to lunch yeah, yeah absolutely those no well it's lunch <laughs> <laughs> no one's gonna fight over lunch. <laughs> right. I don't like you, but, but god damn it, I'll yeah. eat with you. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'll buy lunch. Sorry about earlier. But that's how that's how it goes, and I love that because I hate like being on pins and needles thinking, Oh, is is so and so mad at me? Like, no, we had it, we talked about it, we yelled about it, and now we're, you know, down the road. Yeah. So those are the things that I would say you can expect. Now, are there going to be people that are creepy? Absolutely. Are there people that are going to underestimate you because you're a female? Absolutely. Prove them wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You would have the same struggle as a young person in construction. If you're 20 years old, people are going to blow you off because you don't know anything. Same thing if you're a woman. Yeah, sure. I was going to say those feelings you just said were kind of like my upbringing as a young superintendent into the world, you know, mm-hmm. trying to gain, get the trust of my superior, you know, uh, the, the lead foreman's that have been there for 40 years, you know, just that was kind of the same, you know, kickback yeah. I got from them. So until I gained their trust and just ran the show. 
Yeah, absolutely. I had a, um, on one of our crews, we had a, a female operator and she was fantastic and fearless and just would drive that haul truck pedal to the metal. And it was terrifying. So she operated. loved it. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and he doesn't have a cue for that. Nope. Yeah, she, but she didn't put up with shit. Like, she, and she would make the boys blush on the crew. Like, yeah. She was, you know, like that. And There's I some of the it, dirtiest she, talking women on the job, It's kind of like. it's hilarious, yeah. dude. I've sometimes wanted to go Outwardly. find the HR people after that. I'm like, dude. Well, I was about to say. Just, no, it's no. it's kind of like having Brandon on the podcast. This isn't fair. He's making all these that. race jokes because he's in a position to do it. And we're super uncomfortable. Yeah. Females have the same advantage. They get to yeah. make all these dirty jokes. And we're like. Like, yeah. I can't say Dude, anything back. Yeah. Back, <laughs> back in the residential days when we were doing the production in basements, yep. there was this girl that came down from the UP. Her name was Jody, And... <laughs> She was like the most raunchiest talking dude. <laughs> You're out there. She'd be like, You want me to fucking beat your ass? You're like, What the fuck, dude? <laughs> and I remember she started dating like the superintendent of the subdivision at the time. I forget his name. He's like, Why aren't you over there fucking helping Jody load up the straw bales? And I was an operator, you know? I'm like, Have you picked one of those up? He's like, No. I said, they're like a fucking hundred pounds. I'm like, fuck this, dude. That's her job. She signed up for it, right? She's over there. And so now I feel like a jackass. I go over there, and I go to pick one up. And she's walking around with two. I go to pick one up, and I'm like, ooh. (laughs) Holy shit, dude. I helped her load the one truck, and I was like, adi fucking oath. (laughs) Two more trucks later. But, I mean, they don't get enough props in this industry because we're such sexist. Yeah. Like, you're a female. You ain't going to cut it. It's been the trade back in the day girls weren't going to get involved and then as they start coming in and they start doing like this phenomenal job it's like oh they really actually do have a place in this they fucking make industry yeah. well, jobs and easy. people overlook it right right because absolutely back when i was a superintendent getting into it, a guy come out and he'd be like you're old enough to be my son i'm like yeah i'm your fucking boss get to work dude like i don't know what to tell yeah. you mm-hmm. you know so it just gets overlooked in general well what i was yeah. gonna say earlier is uh like matt was saying i do feel i feel like what you guys were saying as far as the the same kind of feelings that same kind of hurdle that you have to get over as a young person or an inexperienced person getting into the industry to an extent absolutely those feelings are the same you do face the same sort of hurdle where I think the sexism kicks in. Most guys in the industry, when they think of sexism, they think it's, I'm going to make some boob joke, mm-hmm. and that's sexism. Right. That's not what that's sexism not is. No. Sexism no. is, if a young guy shows up on the job, it doesn't take much for everyone to go, okay, you got this. But if a female shows up on the job, you're like, oh, put her in the fucking haul truck or the roller because she's going to be worthless yep. at everything. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the sexism. And that's yeah. what guys don't recognize as being sexist. So I feel like, yeah, the feelings are the same. You kind of start with the initial hurdle. But the guy's hurdle, the, the young guy's hurdle, is this little two-foot hurdle. You got to go over a six-foot hurdle as a female before you get the respect. I love it, though, is yeah. when the women could talk dirty, though, and play the sexism <laughs> card. <laughs> right? Well, come on now. You know. Pound your mouth, Brian. Pound your mouth. We haven't even but, talked about that. Uh, you know, to go back to, like, Jody. Jody and Dan were two of the best pipe players around, and we were putting in uh, Storm and Sewer Residential, right? And she was the lead pipe player. 
And he'd be mm-hmm. like, you're, you're fucking phenomenal at laying pipe. She's like, I laid a lot of fucking pipe, bitch. <laughs> I laid a lot of pipe, yeah. Dude, you would just like, you just drop the mic. Like, you have no oh, response. Well, yeah, because all the guys laughing. are like, how do I respond? And am right. I allowed to laugh? Yeah. And we would all say right. something like that. But to hear it come from a female, you're just like, what the fuck do I say? Yeah. So like, I have to back up. I have to explain the whole pound your mountain. So uh, my, my, my seven-year-old. What a more appropriate time. <laughs> My seven-year-old, we were talking about it the other day, like the things that kids say that they don't even understand. So he comes up behind me the other day, I'm sitting in a chair, and he smacks my man boob, and he's just like, pound your mound, dad. (laughs) (laughs) And my wife and I just die laughing because he has no idea what he's saying. He takes it as, that's a really funny thing, so he's like... Pound your mound. He <laughs> doubles down. Forever now because it's funny. Yes, exactly. We're just like, oh, oh as God. You, as your wife walked away just blushing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Melissa shrinks off. You don't, you don't even know how you were fucking born, kid. <laughs> oh, boy. Future oh. dirt worker coming up. That's yes. right. <laughs> so let's shift gears a little bit here. You are part of, this is kind of how I found you, you're part of Crew Collab. Could you explain to people out there, because I still don't feel like... Is that like a band? Exactly. I feel like I don't really understand what Crew Collab is, is, what you guys do, how it came about. So could you kind of expound on all that? Absolutely. Um, So Crew Collab actually started as just a group of females in construction. We just kind of wanted to get together, and somebody made... A decision that we were going to Minneapolis and start everyone started making flights and we we went oh excuse me I just burped um, hey, that's all right that's not the worst thing <laughs> we'll add on that this one podcast. Yeah. God, you just ruined this podcast <laughs> this is going so um, good so we all met in Minnesota and just kind of talked about what it's like to be a female in construction we had a very wide variety of um experiences some owned businesses some were sales people for concrete or lubricants and we had some folks like me project managers i um, really had to refrain from the sound effects on that i'm I sorry was just Kate. Gonna ask if, i was just asking <laughs> if they were like within Hitachi. yes like was hitachi yes. involved in this <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oh. So, <laughs> they make great hoes. I mean, excavators. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. Now, why Minneapolis? Was that like your guys' middle ground for everybody, kind of? Minneapolis yeah, is were, not middle ground for anyone. I, Minneapolis is terrible. <laughs> there were two of the women were in that vicinity. Um, so it just kind of worked out that way. All right. All right. And what came about and, of it? So we kind of talked about what we could do originally to get more women in construction. And it kind of got to a point where we said, you know, we're talking, we're a lot like a group of women here talking about how to get more women in construction. This kind of sounds like a Me Too movement. Well, it, <laughs> that's about that. But As we sit here about, and crack lubricant yeah. and Hitachi jokes. Yeah. <laughs> where are you guys going? Sorry. <laughs> Me too. We, um, who, like, how much change can you make when 10% of the industry is women and we all just get together and talk about how we need more women yeah. in the industry? How yeah. helpful is that? 
And so we kind of decided that we needed to shift our focus to include men in the conversation because I appreciate y'all are 90% of the dang industry. So you're welcome. Um, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> and then just more thought about it. It was like, why, why would we limit it to just in, you know, getting more women into construction, the construction industry as a whole just has a, a giant sucking sound. People. Yeah. And we just have no people. Nobody talks about it. It's a backup plan. And so we kind of revamped and said, okay, let's do what we can to get people interested from a younger age in construction and show that this is a viable career. It's not a backup plan and that there's nothing wrong with being a ditch digger. Oh, and you're not a failure if you're a ditch digger? You're not the guy. You're not the guy on the side of the road. Yeah, stay in school, kids. So that is where we have shifted to, and um, we have a board of directors of about 15 folks. We range in experience from uh, owners of construction companies to project managers to operators to. Uh, we've got someone who works for the Iowa Skilled Trades Association. Um, we've got some welders. So we've got a very wide variety of people. This is awesome. Women. Yeah. And basically working to create a workforce mm -hmm. or to help build it up again. And so, so how are you guys doing that? Kind of, Are you still in the planning stages or have you guys started to actually implement programs? We are starting to implement programs actually right now. So we have three overall initiatives right now. And the first being just a membership drive so that we can get information out to people. So anybody that's in construction, construction adjacent, even if you're just a lover of construction, mm -hmm. um, we have a membership sign up. It's free. Um, we will not spam you. It's just um, a way to get our information out. Mm -hmm. Then we have our classroom talks, which we basically um, get in contact with schools wherever, and we will have a way for schools to contact us. But we basically set up a time to do a Zoom call. We get a couple of people. I think the last one that I participated in, we had about seven industry folks that just talked about their job, how they got into it, what kind of money they make. Wow. Um, to just say, hey, look, you know, I got this, you know, I got a, no degree and I started out at I don't know, 20 bucks an hour. And, you know, it mm -hmm. obviously depends on your location and the Southeast is pretty bad for yeah. wages. Yes. But um, the opportunities are there and you work year round as opposed to maybe up in Minnesota where they can't work this time of year. So there's some... Um, I don't know, just when we just, we talk about the differences and the opportunities and how we got to where we are. So we have, a, have done a couple of those. And then obviously COVID kind of helped with that because classes were being held over zoom. Yeah. Everywhere. So you can get in everybody's faces easier. Exactly. And now the schools are more set up for that anyway. So it's really been helpful for us to get that out there. And then our next initiative is an ambassador program. We're still working on that one, just trying to set up the groundwork for it, but basically to get people that are already in the construction industry, trying to get a wide variety of 
different trades and types of, I guess, positions and types of construction and then regionally so that they can help anyone in their area or their, if they want to be a plumber, they have kind of a list of people to reach out to. To go to, yeah. They can, yeah, they can help them find maybe a trade school or a certification or I'm pretty a job. sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure I signed up for that. So, Rick, stay tuned. Excellent. Yeah. I, I was just going to say, where is this at? And do you have a Michigan uh, person yet? <laughs> I'm it. We do not have a Michigander, no. <laughs> well, I, you do. You just haven't reached out to me yet. Yeah. I signed I up for say, your website and everyone was like, all right, we'll talk to you later. This is the first time. We're <laughs> yes. going to have a, a very <laughs> big Brian, fight you can't go on this with podcast. Like your fans over. only page there, too. Yeah, yeah my <laughs> only <know>? fans. <laughs> I'm just going to ask you straight out. How much do you want to make, son? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what are your goals, boy? <laughs> now, what kind of response are you guys getting from this interest that you guys are creating? We have gotten a lot of interest. And just like everything, it's a slow go to get everything set up. Mm-hmm. And so, and we all have full-time jobs that we do and then we do this right so um be patient with us obviously but um so if anyone is interested crewcollab.org is our website and there's some more information about us and our people and the programs in there but um absolutely reach out to us we have an instagram which i at the moment can't remember what it is i believe it's the dot crew dot collab it's the dot crew dot collab yep okay i got it right here Um, (laughs) and just follow us um if you were gonna start featuring people and we are following you right now awesome um, Diesel and Iron um, has been following you for a long time. Matt is in charge okay. of sweat and grime, and he's just now getting on the ball. I want I want full mm. credit here, please. I will <laughs> make sure to note that. Thank yep. you. So, Big note. <laughs> just so, so you know. It's just not like dropping the dick in the dirt, but, you know, not, his balls have just <laughs> <Yeah>. dropped. <laughs> so... Uh, we did notice on your website, you guys have, you guys talk about partnering with like cat and things. Have they kind of thrown some money behind this to kind of help you guys get off the, get off the ground? They have and a surprising amount of money. I can't remember exactly how much, nor am I, if I know if I'm allowed to even no, say. No, no. <laughs> I would refrain right now. I, I, I can around. edit out. We'll just put a big beep in here. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, you didn't tell her this was live? I was about to say, and and then I forget, and (laughs) oops. So we've had some pretty big sponsors step up, Cat being one of the really big ones. Toro and Case have stepped up pretty big. And then even the, like, regional cat dealerships have um, shown interest. Mm -hmm. Wow. We're actually looking at maybe our next... uh, meeting to be at wheeler cat in utah which would be really cool so yeah and we've had some uh companies reach out that have workwear that are interested in you know helping us maybe provide workwear for new people in construction i know when i was first getting started it was hard to find women's steel toe boots yeah um in 2005 there was two choices and it has gotten a lot better, but it could be 
it could get better than it is now. And I was going to say some of that, they've gotten better. That I was going to say that's one of the big complaints I've heard from most women in the mm-hmm. industry I've talked to is clothing. I've never yes. had a problem. Well, and and Matt does have a <laughs> petite figure, so. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's been um, like from the beginning of my career to now, it's a thousand times better. But you know, you get your job site issued safety vest that is a you know large as the smallest size that they have, and it's boxy and i mean it's probably more of a safety hazard to have that much material yeah it's made yeah. for a rotund man. i always got made fun of because i had this mediums <laughs> the well, yeah, the well speed- most of the men in the industry has that beer belly exactly anyway, so we're they were all, going for yeah. the keg effect yes you know right yeah so um it's been it's gotten better but it it could be better mm-hmm. and then i think it's just overwhelming too like as a new person in construction i know one piece of advice that i was given by somebody i don't even know who would have given it to me but they said spend the money on your boots 100 oh, percent. it's the best advice ever gonna be the thing that you regret and i remember being on a job site in south georgia a couple of years ago and one of my guys literally had the soles of his shoes were melting on the bridge deck yes. because yeah. it was so hot yep and that's what Walmart work boots do. Brahmas. I just did a <laughs> I just did a work boot review on Brahmas and how they held up over the course of a year. Yes. Mm-hmm. Brahmas are Yes. They'll get you through a season if you are super poor because you just started in the industry and you can't get anything else, but yeah, it upgrade as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the insole, I pulled the insole out to replace the insoles. And it was like pulling out a piece of paper. Like you could feel oh, the rivets no. in the bottom of the boot. I was like, mm, mm, well, that's, yeah. that's your biggest <laughs> asset in this industry is you're on the ground all yeah. day in yeah. the boots. Yep. In all adverse weather. So, yeah. That's awesome. And nothing to hear. will tell you how terrible your boots are than standing on concrete for 14, hours. 16 hours. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Now they just need to make a odor eater that actually works for the men in the industry it's called just wash your feet after work you stop being a filthy animal i don't know man i've, I've had guys i'm like oh i know riding down in the work truck i'm like dude he's yeah like, what i'm like hang those babies out the just window the one thing I he's like my boots so we throw them in the back the, of the one truck. thing i love about winter yeah they don't stink that's true that's true they stay cold enough that they, yeah, anyways. So has that, has the sponsorships allowed any of you guys to kind of go full time on the crew collab side, or are you guys focusing more on trying to utilize that for events and, and reaching out to the community? How kind of, how does that work? So kind of both. So we have an executive director, Christina Mahler or Christina Steeltoe, as you may know her on Instagram. She is our executive director. Um, she is part time. And that's been really helpful because she's kind of helping steer the ship, right? Because right. we all have ideas. We all have, you know, crazy busy lives and families and all that. And she's the one that's kind of keeping us all on the same path. Gotcha. Amazing. Yeah, it's a lot of legwork doing this kind of stuff that, you know, you talk about starting Crew Collab and how it was originated running out to Minnesota and how you guys came up with this. And I always feel like the people in the industry are the ones that recognize this, and we're the ones that talk about it before it gets to, like, the white-collar world. And like, oh, we got a shortage problem here when we're all going, we need some fucking help here, man. (laughs) You know? So for you guys to even take that step and get out there, like, Brian and I have been passionate about it for so long, trying to get people into the trades. We're like, what are we going to do to even 
be a voice. That's how, yeah, how this do we get whole to people? Thing, yes. Diesel and iron, yeah. sweat and grime. That's how it all started. Was how can we reach more people and get the quickest them amount into of time, the industry? Yeah, and, and yeah, and make it fun. Exactly, and and kind of showcase that this. First of all, like we've mentioned here multiple times tonight, that you're not a failure for picking this as a career. It's not something you have to fall into because you failed at everything else. And then, Amen. secondly, it's it's a fun career. This is not something we all suffer through every day like this is an absolutely exciting fun career yep well it's just like the infrastructure bill that just got passed you know how many freaking jobs it's going to create right through america that we don't have anyone to fill how many yeah how many jobs are there without that yes i know you could probably hire 30 people add more work when we don't even have enough to take care of the work we already have okay we're just gonna have to accelerate the pay rate Fuck bringing people into industry. Let's just crank her up. Yes. <laughs> For the ones that are here. Where did that $7 trillion go? Oh, we paid like 12 people a lot of money yes. to start working, and uh, it's gone. They're still going at it. Yeah. But Now, do you guys have a constant... Uh, turnover down there looking for help trying to keep help people constantly leaving what's the workforce like down there with you guys yeah it's well it's very competitive so you've got people offering jobs that are you know i was talking to one of my superintendents and he said another contractor kind of came up to him and offered him twice what he's making wow he's like you know i really love this company and i just i don't want to work for them well thank god because (laughs) He's one of the good ones. Yeah. But, I mean, it's cutthroat on that. And I mean, I was just, I was driving through a town today and it, they had a sign on a chicken plant for CDL drivers and they're offering a $5,000 signing bonus and 70 to $100,000 a year driving a truck locally with chicken parts in it. Wow. Hmm. Wow. I mean, for how long considered that. do you have to work to get those incentives? <laughs> well, as long as I don't have to deal with the chicken assholes and shit like that, you know I, well, you're in front of it and moving. Yeah, you know, yeah. So, so it's so all the sticks. It's uh, me <laughs> stuck in traffic behind it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> a hook, a hook and drop kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, so, I and to kind kind of go off bad. what you were saying for the bait and switch in this job market, yeah. you, you can't bait and switch. No, uh, you ain't gonna make it. Mm-hmm. So they're actually the legit fuck? paying that. Who the fuck's gonna want to yeah. haul gravel and sand and material to a job site for, for fifteen bucks an hour? Yeah, when yeah. you could go. Haul chicken shit. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It, I mean, it's it's crazy. And yeah. then there are contractors. There are some really good contractors out there that are paying their guys really well, but obviously then their prices go up. So mm-hmm. you have yeah. to balance that to still be competitive and have the work for your people to do, but also pay your people. Because at the end of the day, the owner them. of the job you're doing is going to be, I can't afford to do this. I'm not going to build this. Right. Done. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of something, you know, that it's really interesting and I'm a nerd and I kind of like to analyze. I am a huge nerd. I'll just own it. (laughs) That's okay. But yeah, analyzing situations like this, like what's going to ultimately happen is you're going to see, you know, a 20% increase in, in wages in the trades across the board over the next five to 10 years because it's supply and demand. There yep. are no people in the yeah. trades, so you have to pay more. As a result, costs go up, which means build, building costs go up. We're, I don't think America has even begun to really comprehend the pickle we're about to be in with the labor yes. shortage right now. No. Like that article I sent you guys the other day, right the 15-year mark, you know, they're they're saying that 90% of the, the top guys are going to be 
retiring in the next 15 years. Oh, we have 100%. nobody to replace because right. there's nobody behind them. Right. Yeah, but so, look at the knowledge that we have right now. I'm 38. In 15 more years, you're getting closer to retirement age. Uh, yeah. I, that's and what I'm saying, but there's no one. we have. Right. To give the knowledge to. Yeah. yeah. It's huge. Yep. So they will be paying longer to keep the old timers on to pass uh-huh. the knowledge. Like, put them in the pickup truck and drive around the new guy and pass that knowledge along. Or your superintendent or operator. So we're gonna keep this channel going. We'll just call it dentures and iron. <laughs> <laughs> That's your Walkers YouTube. and paychecks, baby. <laughs> dentures and grime. There you go. Dude, what in the fuck kind of podcast is this? This one? Dentures and grime? Yeah. This sounds like a granny gone wild. What the fuck? Man? In fifteen years, who knows? <laughs> Totten is on the move. I feel like we've been talking about the coming shortage of people for my whole career, though, right? right? Like the baby boomers it hasn't are gone away. Start retiring, and it's still a problem, and mm-hmm. it's still happening. That's that's been the most amazing part to me because I'm 100 percent with you. It's always been the conversation, and yet everyone's attitude across the board is, well, someone will do something about it. And it's like my problem. We talk about it, but we don't do anything Uh, about it. No one's actively pursuing like, hey, at the local level as a contractor or as a dealership, we should probably start reaching out to high schools. No one's having those conversations. I feel like high school is too late. Absolutely. absolutely. We were talking middle school the other day. Middle school, it seems to be the consensus with everyone. You need to start reaching out to people My six-year-old daughter, the whole time I'm driving her to school, we're just talking about construction and what we're doing. and you know, It's it's amazing. Does she call you Matt motherfucking Totten? No, I keep it PG. (laughs) Dad, MFMT, what the fuck is that? You know, on on a touch basis of that, though, like we have actually talked to legitimate people in the industry asking them what are you doing about it and they're always chasing technicians around got to get technicians in we got to get them into these colleges whatever but when we ask them about well what about getting them into the heavy equipment operating side to break the shit for the technicians yep. and the, new? <laughs> the, the, the project manager everything going what well what are we doing about that and they go well you know we're just leaving that up to the owners themselves and they just need to go in and start talking to the high schools but we're out there shorthanded we're not worried about going out trying to promote to get people in so i almost feel like this platform that there needs to their pockets are full so they don't really care but i almost feel like there needs to come almost like a sponsorship to a point like if a company goes in and they spend two or three days a year going out like they should maybe get like four or five hundred dollars for their superintendent going in to kind of help jive and promote this right because at the end of the day everybody's chasing the freaking dollar and it's sad to put that that way but we also can't delegate our guys to walk away from the company to be like hey why don't you go talk to the high school and middle school today on career on your day time. for free yeah because we're short-handed yeah. i mean we're throwing the guys into freaking machines to run around trying to steal other freaking people's employees to get our jobs done <laughs> yep. but i feel like we almost need to kind of go backwards backwards and start handing out some money to the companies that want to take the step to get out there in front of these people to help start promoting the trades because it's so far very well said overlooked it is and that's the people that need to be because sending out the owner of a company doesn't do shit about yeah i mean yes they're involved in the business but might drop my kid off on my way to the level yes yeah well, I mean, for real, and like 
the people that actually build it and are passionate about it. Like I could go talk to a group of four-year-olds about construction and have just as much fun as I would have talking to 15-year-olds Yep. because it's just fun and yeah. there's so much to it and there's so many options and there's so many ways to be a part of it. And I have done these like career days. I went to an elementary school in Atlanta one time. I had the best time, but it is a commitment, a time commitment that a company has to be okay with. And it, that's hard. Yeah, and I, I see it from a company standpoint, like, you know, you lose four hours of somebody's productive time, but you're building the future, for the future. Yep. And when I made a suggestion about maybe going to middle schools or elementary schools, I was legitimately laughed at. Saying, See that, what are we making we, a the three of us were talking here? about that the other day. We're like, this is where we need to go, you yeah. know, and well, then take it to the next level, you know, but by the time we, you know, five years from now, those middle schoolers are going to be in high school and then they can see us again and yes. be excited about it. Understand instead of being like, oh, we never thought about it and it's already too late. Well, when do they start playing with Legos and they start building buildings and shit like that and they're having a good time? Four years old. Like exactly. Two, yeah. One of my best friends has a three or four year old daughter who loves construction. Yep. And every like two to six year old that I know is like, ooh, big truck, stump truck. Yeah. Like, Tonkas. I want to be a garbage man. Yeah. Whatever Absolutely. It is. And then they, they get beat down into thinking that's not a good career that early or they get onto something else, sports, whatever yep. it is. But you have to hit it when they are interested in it and then keep driving it, driving every, it home. Yeah. Well, we drive because, fucking McDonald's to them. Yeah. Right. You get right? them in with the freaking toys at a young age, and they yeah. relate it as a up to a grown up. You mm -hmm. know, we got to do something that kind of mindset with getting into this industry. Oh, well, the whole mentality of this industry across the board has always been: uh, people need jobs, so they're going to walk in my door and they're going to apply. And this is really the first time in the history of the industry where that's not the case. Yep. yep. No one needs your job. And, and yeah. especially with the labor shortage, I get to cherry pick. And I, I tell this to people all the time that, that contact me through Diesel and Iron asking how to get in the industry. What's the best way to do it? I said, go walk in the door. Well, yeah. yeah, go walk in the door and walk in the door of like four or five places and start asking them. What you kind of hours do you guys work? Take you. Yeah. What kind of hours do you work? Well, do you work holidays and weekends? You know, you are in such a unique time because as an operator or as a laborer, you get to cherry pick who you go to work for. Mm -hmm. And contractors yeah. still haven't figured that out. That that's the way right. it's happening now. Well, because they don't want well, it to be that way. That's apart, true. They know it's happening. They won't admit it. As a as a company, you yes. have to say yeah. this is what we offer to you. Yes. Because yeah. people can choose. And, and that's really interesting too. Uh, you know, you've got b businesses like Buildwit that have sprung up. Buildwit. Yeah. 10 years ago wouldn't have been able to exist because yeah. companies didn't genius. need that service. But now, right. yeah, as yeah, absolutely the, that whole business is just, it's, it's brilliant because you're finally in a position to start educating these contractors yep. of 
your social media presence sucks. Is well, it's it sucks, but you don't need it to get more work. Everyone's drowning in work. You got a market for people, bud. Yeah, yeah. Right yeah. now, I, I didn't know, think about it that way. We're actually going to talk with uh, with Taylor White of Ken White Construction tomorrow night, uh, and that's cool. one of the things we're going to talk about. Is he was talking? He's got five resumes deep for any position he needs to fill, mm-hmm. and it's one hundred percent because of his social media presence. Yeah. Yeah. It's just these companies are are totally clueless to that in this industry, and there's still there's right. still so many contractors. And I'm I agree with you, Matt. I think a lot of them kind of intentionally turn a blind eye. Mm-hmm. They don't want to see the problem, so well, they're just going to turn the problem away from turns it. into less profit on their end in well, their brain. And the scapegoat unfortunately turns into well, this younger generation doesn't want to work. I'm so sick of hearing that. I, I really sure don't hear that like this. one more fucking time. I'm so tired of hearing that. Wait, say that. I, I didn't hear what you said. That the younger generation doesn't want to work. Oh, that's that's, that's where the problem lies. Yep. Bullshit. Yeah. Yep. I'm well, sorry. They do. So lazy. They do. We look at Cody. Yep. Cody that has been around, he got a hold of me at 15 years old. A couple of years ago, no driver's license, wanted to get on and start working. He's 19 That's years awesome. old now. We got him a job. We were working on the other day. Dude has a drive like no other. He's constantly calling, do you got work this week and what about tomorrow after work? He's like, holy shit, dude, I'm taking a break. Yeah. I want to make some money. <laughs> yeah, he's you all know? over it. And you don't find guys like that every single day, but they're nope. there and they do want to work. But we Jesus. just we beat them down. Yep. We beat them down, but it's coming into a point now. It's not, let's talk about it. It's, let's do something about yeah. it now. Yep. And I think that's the biggest storm that you're going to see America face here in the next 10 years of well, doing something. I'll tell you another really fascinating thing. I can't remember if I've discussed it here on Sweat and Grind before or not, but um, one of the most fascinating things I found through the diesel and iron thing is. There's this really interesting dynamic. So our generation is kind of one of the last generations where there were a lot of generational ties. And Kate, you were kind of talking uh, about the lack of that on your part. I was kind of in the same boat. But there were still a lot of people in our generation that had that generational tie. They had dad or grandpa or their uncle that was in the trades. They knew what it was like. They knew what the job site dynamics were. Um, What I'm finding on diesel and iron is I bet 80 to 90% of the kids that reach out to me literally have no idea how to get into the industry. Like they don't understand the concept that you can literally walk into someone's door and apply with zero experience and you'll get hired. Mm -hmm. They don't, they, they're looking for some sort of certification or how, what's the proper program that I have to go through. And, and then on top of that, the other really fascinating thing, and again, kind of coming back to that excuse that contractors like to use, uh, these kids are, you know, for lack of a better term, they're bitches that just want to quit. And I'm sorry, that's not the case. If I show up to a fast food job or an office job and my boss screams at me because I'm doing such a terrible job. Peace. Yeah, exactly. Why the fuck would I show up to that job the next day? And yet on the contractor side, everyone's like, well, no, that guy just doesn't want to work. He's just, you know, the second you say anything to offend him, he doesn't show up. And it's like, dude, you just ripped his ass for 12 straight hours. Well, you wrote him into the ground because he didn't know nothing. You didn't explain to him to clean the curb or go... Grease the machine. He fucking stood there waiting for direction, and none of you fuckers gave Exactly. It. And then I'm finding the number of kids that go, I'm so... So one of my most successful videos is what to expect getting into the construction industry. Very simple, straightforward. Right. I literally am driving down the road talking about, like, you got to have a thick skin. People 
communicate by yelling in this industry. Uh, you can get told to go fuck off, don't show back up, and then your foreman will call you at 7 o'clock that hey, night telling you? you what piece of equipment he needs you in the next day. <laughs> I, like, I legit why, had why that happen. Yeah. That was one of my experiences. So I can't tell you the number of comments and emails and Instagram messages I've gotten of kids going, thank you for putting this video out. I totally would have quit after my first day had I not understood what was actually going on on the job. Yep. And so right. again, you you the onus is on the contractors. It's on the industry. Mm-hmm. We are not doing a good job of communicating to these kids. First of all, it's really easy to get in this industry. Secondly, you got to have a thick skin. And then third, go have fun and make a shitload of money. Like yep. it's all here for you. And learn something. But no one's communicating yeah. that message. Yep. Yeah. It took me several months in my first full-time job to realize that my superintendent wasn't mad at me. He just literally couldn't hear how loud he was when he talked. <laughs> That's it. Everyone spends so much time around the equipment. The time. Yeah. For Christmas, did you buy him hearing aids? <laughs> no. He's well, like that's, the quietest guy in the world. And in all honesty, that's a great point. Why there is everybody loud, yelling? <laughs> everyone's so timid, you know, not being, not coming from this industry. Everyone's so timid to do, like, that's a great joke. That would be a great joke to get them here in a fake hearing aids. Yeah. For, yeah. But for ones. someone outside of this industry, like, you wouldn't dare. That would be really, a, mm-hmm. like, right. that's offensive. Yeah. Yeah, but we right. didn't push PPE back then either. The dude no, never yeah. wore earplugs, yeah, so right. he can't hear until you're a foot away screaming at the dude. Right. Now we're like, yeah. hey, where are these fucking earphones if you want to hear when you're yeah, 60 years old? Yeah, I was dumb old. until probably about you know? 10 years ago, and then it was like, <laughs> safety glass, earphones. Oh, and, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't mess around. Respirators. Ugh. Yeah. Yep. It's, just, it's just wild just to see the industry evolve with everything coming out with technology. And it's kind of funny to look back and see who sees the glass half full and who sees it half empty. When they've been in the trade that long, they're like, "Oh, this is yeah. great. We got we got so much stuff evolving." To be like, "Fuck this technology!" And it's like, "This is some of the it's funnest the downfall time. of society." Yeah, That's my yeah. Favorite line. correct. Yes, like it's the funnest time to be in this field and alive right now with everything well, that's so in our hands. Cool opportunities like in the like GPS side of things mm-hmm. and the cat. Like if you're into computers and you're into like that, I mean, gosh, the sky's the limit. Drones, I mean. Yeah, you don't have to be somebody that can pick up a hammer or, you know, drive. You can be the brains behind the machine operating. Well, and that's that's another aspect of it that just always baffles my mind is you got all these old farts sitting in the cab that are fumbling their way. They can't figure out how to make Mm -hmm. GPS work for the life of them. Yet we're chasing off, we're chasing off all these kids that will go in there and start punching buttons. And within 20 minutes, they're ripping around in the dozer. And it's like. Dude, (laughs) my first superintendent job, I was brought on just to help the lead superintendent learn how to email. Yeah. Email. And so basically Rick and I was like, is this this serious right now? And funny that you say that. Rick was my superintendent. (laughs) Well, at least I'm getting the credit here, boys. That's right. You know, I got him down from like one finger pecking to two by the end of like my three year tenure trying to figure him out. Yeah. You could add three if you stood up, Tatton. (laughs) <laughs> right, <laughs> and I still talk to that man to this day, fifteen but you years know, later. You know what's funny though is to talk about just like her being in the industry, your history, your history, everyone in a hole from the old timers and new. You were actually starting to rely rely on more technology and more diverse people in this industry, where you don't have to be the concrete finisher, the labor, the operator, the superintendent, the project manager. Right, we're relying on a lot more 
software people, a lot more techie mm-hmm. people. Yeah. And we're bringing them all into a hole going, no, look, we need you to be it's able a to family. follow this database and help us perform. And look, once you give me this piece of information, watch what happens when I drop it out to the Poof. crew. And you just see this like job just yeah. come together. Yep. Yeah. You know, and then you add a guy that just knows how to film and, and I'm excited it, and to see what, this, what Club Collab has to do. This, this is awesome. Crew well, collab. Yeah, crew. Man. Sorry. Sorry. Club collab. We tout Whoa. ourselves as a professional podcast. <laughs> Time's going back 15 years. We're club collabing. <laughs> You, oh Maybe no, that was what we just started. Now what they? You didn't know. Oh, oh, oh. oh Totten just started a competing I, nonprofit. Apparently, they didn't, even, they didn't see my email. I sent them earlier today. Totten's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> going to hit Minnesota. Be like the stripper pole. Where's it at? Here I come. Jesus Christ. Now, Kate, what what is your favorite thing so far in this industry? You got so much history in it, but if one thing stuck out to you. What is it in this industry that just makes the fire burn? First of all, are you calling me old? Ooh, ooh. We ne- we, wait, wait, wait. Got we never it. asked you how old you are, so yeah, that, that doesn't have to do anything so, with it. So if you're revealing your age now, I mean. <laughs> you have to mask it and you say, hey, what year did you graduate? <laughs> no. <laughs> I just, you said I have so much experience in You do. Well, you, you have got, 15 you years. Now, I will say, in our, in Ooh, our defense, you did spend the first 15 minutes of this podcast listing your resume, so. She was just calling Fair me enough. out. So, yes. in your face. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, sorry, to answer your actual question, I, I love the people. I think that construction people are the best people on earth. And, yes. yeah, they're a little crusty and inappropriate but that's the fun part absolutely um (laughs) and then i would say the other part that i really love about it is like tangible results right i can drive by a job site when we're done and say i had a part of that and you can see the progress at the end of the day and i think that that is so rewarding and something that you don't get if you are well, I don't want to like shit on other people's jobs. Fuck it. I don't know. No, you do. Yeah, absolutely. If you're the banker, fuck it. Right. You're just, you know, handing money and getting money and there's that, but there's nothing to show for it at the end of the day. Yes. You got a spreadsheet. And I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I love seeing things that are still standing years after we built instead of just like, you know, some garbage. That's the goal. Yep. Yep. You know, to kind of touch back to what you were saying on on the people aspect, uh, that is one thing that I have always just loved about the trades is you go out a job site, everybody's screaming and yelling, everyone's in a bad mood because it's fucking 98 degrees outside and you're screaming up against a That's deadline. That's band, right? That's right. Uh, 98 <laughs> degrees? Absolutely. The soft tones, the, the little pop. Mm, so we just good. shared our Anyway, age. you know, you roll the windows down in the summertime at your dozer. Oh my God. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck but all um, I've heard was Elton John from your dozer. That's it. That's and I'm too. telling you, Yanni. Yanni's yeah. where it's at. You you <laughs> oh put that God. one man's dream on, and you just, yeah. man, you just see. And I'll close. And and that's day. when I close the window and I fucking crank the Backstreet Boys up. <laughs> that's right. That's <laughs> there right. You go. But all that to say, um, the people. You're, you get on these jobs, and everyone just comes off immediately as an asshole. And then you sit down to lunch, and everyone starts talking, and you you end up finding out that 
Everybody on the fucking crew is a giant softy. You got the old crusty guy who's been screaming at you all day, showing you pictures of his grandkids on his phone, talking about what they yes. went and did yep. over the weekend and everything. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, man, all these guys are just people. Real people. Doing their yeah. best to get a job done. And yep. the only way that they know how over, after spending 25, 30 years in the industry. Is to put you down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's how you communicate. <laughs> but it's just, I love that aspect yeah. of it. Yeah. I love the people in this industry. It's Don't a brother me and wrong. sisterhood known Absolutely. like no other. And there are assholes. There are yeah. legit assholes. Yeah. But That's 98% of people in this industry are really just awesome, awesome people. Yep. Yep. I worked with a guy that was a complete jackass on a daily basis, and I really didn't like him. I was an intern. I had no say in anything, but I just thought he was a jerk. And one day I heard him on the phone with his daughter, um, who was like two years old, and he was just kind of like, you know, baby talking with her. And it was so cute. And, you know, he's away from his family. They're somewhere else, right? He's on this project. And (laughs) it was so sweet that he was like a real person, right? And it made me see him completely differently. Yeah. And from then on, I was like, well, you know, he just misses his family. That's why he's being a jackass, probably. Well, and I was about to say, that's a whole other aspect of this that no one really thinks about from outside the world is, you know, we are working in extreme conditions a lot of times. It's either super hot or it's super cold. It's never this beautiful, mm-hmm. sunny, 72-degree day. Um, there is always some sort of a deadline. There's always something that gets fucked up. Like, you, well, we started mm-hmm. this podcast talking about how you can't keep a schedule for more than a half hour in the mm-hmm. morning. That's just yep. the industry. It's always stress. And then on top of that, the other thing that doesn't get, get talked about enough in this industry is how much time you spend away from family. And you yep. combine all of those two and you go... Well, yeah, no wonder everyone's got a little bit of a short temper in this industry. That's a lot of that's a lot of stress to handle yeah. while you're trying to be really productive on these, you know, very, very expensive jobs. Exactly. So, One of these days, though, you're going to start seeing the shift of the employer starting to value their employees a little bit more and start. I giving think we're them starting to find a little bit more rewarding. Absolutely. Time. Yeah. Like I could, I could do four twelves up here and take three days off. Yeah. But, you know, yep. unfortunately the schedule doesn't always allow that, but I think you're going to start seeing people that have the company start investing the time and taking care of their employees a little bit more. They're going to have to, because they're leaving in droves to go to other industries yep. at this point. Yeah. Yep. Yes. So something's going to have to change. Absolutely. Something's and it's, it's not just going to be pay. Absolutely. The, the emphasis is slowly yeah. going to become on the people Instead of people being looked at as just, uh, you know, on, on the same terms as a piece of equipment is really how the industry's yeah. typically yeah. viewed them. Now, yeah. I got one question for you, Kate. If you could yeah. give any advice for someone that's on the fence, man, man or woman, getting into the industry and they're on the fence about getting into it, what would your advice be to them? I would tell them to absolutely try it. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but it's it's not going to hurt to go just jump in with both feet and do it. Um, and if you're already in it, just be a sponge and listen. Yeah. Yeah. You will learn more by, I, I joke in the office sometimes I'm, I'm nosy. I listen to everything that everyone's saying and I insert myself. The walls are paper thin. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's the woman in me. I was about to um, say, you sound an awful lot like my wife in that statement. (laughs) Is this the sort of gossip girl? But I learned so much, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody's got different projects. They manage them differently. I have learned a lot from some of the other project managers in my company on how they handle situations. And I feel like I've become a better project manager learning from them. And 
learning how they deal with certain situations or whatever it may be. So just being a sponge and soaking up as much as you can, because you're never going to know it all in construction. Yeah, that's yeah. great advice. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, lastly, it's been wonderful having you on, but this is the Thank question you. that everyone wants to know. If you could change anything, what would your dream job be? Okay, so I've actually thought about this a lot. Ooh. And I think... There's two things that I think I would have done. Well, there's only one. But see, I, well, I, <laughs> Damn it, she's changing so, the question to you. Right? <laughs> I don't think, I can't imagine myself doing anything besides what I do, to be mm -hmm. honest. I mean, I really would struggle to figure out what I like. I think that I would do turf management. Turf and management? And either at a golf, like a golf course. Interesting. Like High and tight. Person. Or like maybe the science behind football fields or something. That's interesting. That's a. Have you ever seen uh, the Arizona Cardinals uh, stadium? I have seen it, and I know a lot about it because Kiewit built it. Yeah. So oh, I, I, I didn't think I didn't think about that. But yeah, I went there for like the there. unveiling of it. My uncle lives out there, so I went there to visit, and it was like when they first they started out the whole day. We were hanging out on the field outside. Mm -hmm. And, and it was moving. Yep. And then all of a sudden we stayed on it and they drove it drives into the stadium and then it was just like, wow. Wait, you what know? are you That's talking so about? Cool. So they, they bring it outside to let it get natural sunshine. I, Yeah, sunshine and no stuff and then bring the it back field? in. The whole field yeah. is what on the wheels. Fuck? In and out of the building. It yeah. is nuts. What? Now, did you see what happened when Stafford got the correct turf? No. Oh, he yeah. went to the fucking Super Bowl. <laughs> there he's going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's our only Lions hope we got here. That's yeah. right. Well, Kate, thank you so yeah, much for being on the so podcast. Much. We it thoroughly has been enjoyed a pleasure. It. Well, thank y'all. I've had fun. Well, I'm glad you had fun, and we didn't scare you off with, you know, just us being us. <laughs> No. <laughs> well, thank you guys for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you will do us a favor, uh, head over to Diesel and Iron Productions and go to the uh, the blog page, comment, and uh, and bigger and more importantly, if you are on an Apple product listening through Apple Podcasts, do us a favor, give us a rating and give us a review. That will really boost us up. So we will catch you guys on the next episode of Sweat and Grime. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.